reached the right podcast. Yes, you have. Welcome to season two of the Be Contagious Leadership Experience. And today we have a very good friend of mine, but he's not on the podcast because he is a good friend of mine. He's on the BCLE because he is tremendous at what he does. He is North Carolina State Assistant Coach Simon Harris. And for years, I've really admired the way he approaches his craft, approaches the game. He is a tremendous leader, a tremendous communicator, and one hell of a connector. So go ahead, like I always say, take out your notebooks, grab a seat, be ready to listen, and soak in the knowledge that you're going to get from Simon Harris. All right, guys, it is season two, Be Contagious Leadership Experience. We've got a great guest today. He is not only a great friend of mine, but he is an accomplished coach, accomplished basketball player, an amazing human. Simon Harris, assistant coach of NC State. What's up, man? How you doing? Going on, H. It's good to finally talk to you after a while here. I know you've been working like crazy, and as have I. Well, I always kept promising you that you'd be on the podcast. I guess I've been lying this whole time until now. It's crazy. I've had to listen to each podcast every <laughs> week. I'm like, oh, yeah, that could have been me. That could have been me. <laughs> well, I'm just glad I have one listener of all the podcasts I put out. So I'll take one. One faithful listener. One faithful <laughs> listener, man. Well, Simon, listen, I, you have had a tremendous career. Why don't you go ahead and just briefly tell the audience background, where you're from, and, and where you're at right now. Okay. Um, well, originally from the great city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, <laughs> everybody that knows me, unfortunately, knows that. I'm very, very proud Steel City person. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, basketball-wise, well, my father... He coached Division One men's basketball for the first 27 years of my life. A uh, really good player. He left the University of Pittsburgh mm-hmm. as the uh, all-time leading scorer when he took off. Um, mom's a Pittsburgh resident, went to Pitt as well, so it's just that town just through my blood. Yeah. But basketball-wise, got into it. Just I've always wanted to do it. I was kind of the young kid that saw the game and saw what coaches did for the game, and I always wanted to be that. Um, and it's just kind of been ingrained in me. So basically ended up coming through the ranks, went to Elon University for two years, ended up having the opportunity to transfer to North Carolina State and came over to NC State, played under Sidney Lowe there. And then again, it was just kind of like the passion and the fire just really grew from there. And he was an NBA guy trying the college thing. So I kind of got the best of both worlds from that and just saw, you know, the tactician piece, but then also the human nature side of things. Um, so really wanted to get into it that way. I actually went overseas, played for one season. Uh, it was it was cool. It yeah. was good. I was over in Ireland. Um, actually, when I came back, had an opportunity to train football, so started doing that. Yeah. Um, it was wild. Ended up working out, doing different things, kind of going all across the country, um, and ended up having an opportunity to go with the Dallas Cowboys and went into their rookie camp and started progressing through that. Ended up having a little injury there, so that was over. And thankfully, when I got back home around that time, Archie Miller, who's the head coach at Indiana, who was another Pittsburgh guy, um, his brother Sean, who's the head coach at Arizona, was coaching with my dad at NC State when Archie played at NC State. Um, And their head coach is a Pittsburgh guy, who's Herb Sendak, who's the head coach at Santa Clara. So it just all kind of started intermingling, but uh, randomly reached out to Arch, started having a conversation with him, and he was saying, you know, things are going great out in Arizona. He may have an opportunity here, 
in the next few weeks, months, which was crazy. The timing of that whole deal. Uh, he got hired at Dayton, and I ended up moving up there the next month. Wow. Um, so started as the GA on the men's side of the University of Dayton uh, for three years. My final year, we were very fortunate to have a great year and ended up going to the Elite Eight. Um, while I was there, I was very fortunate to have a really good relationship with the women's staff. Um, Jim Jaber, mm-hmm. was the head coach at the time. Cameron Whitaker, who's the head coach at Northern Kentucky now. And Shauna Green, who is currently the head coach at Dayton. Um, were always really open to me and would always let me come down and talk to them and bounce ideas off of them. They bounce ideas off of me and kind of really built our relationship that way. So the year after going to the Elite Eight with the men, Coach Jaber offered me opportunity. He, this, is, this is a crazy story. I love it. So I'm sitting in his office. I'm sitting in his office, and he gets a call. And his assistant is saying, hey, I have another opportunity at a bigger school. I'm going to go pursue that. And Coach goes, hey, would you work for me? And I went, yeah, I'll be right back. And I went down. There's like 32 steps. So I'll never forget it. Go down to my office. I said, hey, Arch, Coach Davis, give me an opportunity over there. He goes, that's awesome. Grab my stuff and walk down the And that's how my assistant coaching career began. Uh, it's nuts. It's, it's crazy to think about. But I've been very fortunate. And it's just been awesome to have just those connections. As you know, it's it really is who you know. And I think a lot of it is just timing and fortune. Uh, then had a good year there. My first year went to the Elite Eight on the women's side. And then just kind of started growing from there. Um, spent four years on that staff, and Coach Moore gave me a call to come back to my alma mater, and that's where I've been the last two years. Yeah, that's awesome. I and I remember when Coach Moore gave you a call that we talked about it and everything else. But let's go back a little bit. Talk about maybe the mental stress slash excitement of trying to find your next opportunity. From obviously you went to Ireland, then football. Cowboys thinking you're going to go on that track, then all of a sudden you're at Dayton, then also you're on the women's side. Like, talk about those feelings that you had during that time. Yeah, I mean, it's I've been very fortunate, and my mom is a very strong-minded human being. Like, she's always been a it'll happen when it's supposed to happen and you have to find the ways to make it happen. Right. Um, So in those moments, and it's actually something I, I really love talking to our young people about um, now is because like you, you, you just mentioned stress and it can be like such a stressor, like it can be such a stressor, but I'm a firm believer, not in the law of attraction per se, but like if you manifest it and think yeah. about it the way that it should be and prepare yourself to when the opportunity comes to jump on it. So I was very fortunate in that regard. I mean, I had friends that, you know, you you help them going through the job process and maybe they get laid off or let go or they apply for a position and don't get it. And I I think I've kind of been uniquely blessed in that perspective to be able to sit back and like, well, that wasn't for you in that moment. Um, So going through that, it's, I call it pivoting, really. It's Uh the things are going to happen to you. I mean, we all have our stuff. Everybody has their stuff. I mean, something happened to me this week outside obviously outside right. the conversation uh, you and I talk about it because we're yeah. friends but um, it's just always keeping your mind on the, the move that you're in but then also the groove of how can you improve that situation so my mom's always told me to just be in it and live in it and do it as much as you can until it's time to not do it anymore um, so I've never taken it you know as a stress route thankfully 
but it's just opportunities. It's the, you relish in the opportunity that you're having right now. You do the best you can in that. And then just kind of figure it out as it goes. Whatever is for you is for you. And you have to make sure that you find it. Your mom had some great knowledge bombs right there. What did you say? If it's when you're in it, you're in it. And then when it goes away, it just goes away. It's time to move on with it. With everything. Yeah. It literally says it all the time. Yeah. Now, how, how is it in, in all your experiences with all your different players, do you see that mm-hmm. working with your student athletes, working with players, it's, everything's all similar? I know personalities change, but in terms of principles, but yeah. with your approach, is it, is it sort of similar or is it always evolving over time? I think it's always evolving. It's ever evolving. It's the, every relationship you have with everybody's unique. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's always interesting to me when you know we go to our, our coaching conferences and you see a lot of the people are like, "This is what we do. This is the way that I do it." And, and I firmly believe in that. If that works for you, that's fine. But then I also believe uh, I, I'm very big on the humanitarian piece of it. Mm-hmm. It's that we, we are all you know walking our journeys together here. Right. So I feel the best way that I can interact with student athletes, male or female, is to get to know them. Mm-hmm. This is. What do you want out of this process? What can I help you with? What do I have to offer that maybe you don't feel is a strength of yours? Mm -hmm. Or what do you feel are, I don't like to say weaknesses, what are your deficiencies that you want to amplify? And that's in life and in basketball and everything. And I think that's where you get that human connection as to where then you can have your individual relationship and help build people up. Um, I mean, that's what everybody is, coworkers, bosses, players. um, But specifically with young people, because I mean, it's, we were all there, and we all had somebody that helped us through it. You know, yeah. so it's the the availability piece of genuinely letting them know that we are here to help you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, it is my mission to help you become right. what you want to be. Now, what is your? Do you have process on how you get them to understand that? Because I think, right, mm-hmm. you know, all of our student athletes come up; they're brought up in a different way than how right. we're brought up. So right. I've seen coaches coach, lead, communicate the way that. You know, their mentors did, the way their parents talked to them or led. You know, when you're looking at a, a player, whether you're recruiting them or they're on they're, they're on your team or they've already graduated, how yeah. are you looking at on building the relationship with them? It's my whole goal is to be available. It's the, I feel, the investment in the actual time that I'm showing you that I am here for you in any regard is the way that I like to go about that. Because I feel the people that had the most impact in my life were there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. If the, the 3 a.m. call, I have something on my mind, maybe I have a test tomorrow, I need to talk for five minutes. If I need to be that, I need to be that. Right. Um, it's the, maybe I'd stub my toe walking down the street today, <laughs> and the only way I'm gonna get over it is if I have a genuine conversation about how much it hurts. Like, right. it's just, it's little things like that. And I feel that is, Help me across the board more so because then I have a genuine relationship with each individual right. instead of it being, well, this worked for me in the past. Let me see if this works here. Or I, I like to sit down and figure out what it is that helps you learn, what it is that aids you, the things that you don't like, then we avoid those. And I don't feel that you can genuinely help people in that regard unless you genuinely know them and they know you. Right. I think that's a huge point. I think genuinely excuse me, noticing what's going on in their lives. Um, there's, a, there's a thing, uh, it's called mirroring, 
and they, they do it a lot, you know, with the FBI and CIA. It's almost like when you say something, I repeat it back to you so that you know what it is. So, and I didn't think about that for a while because, you know, growing up, right, they tell you to write complete sentences in school, you know, and you're like, why am I writing complete sentences? Like, <laughs> right. it makes no sense. I would never do that when I'm talking to someone. No question. Yeah. I'm not a complete sentence thinker. No. And now, at all. Now that I'm in my advanced, mature age, I'm like, oh, <laughs> now I get what Mrs. So-and-so or Miss So-and-so was saying to me to go ahead with school and and everything. <laughs> now, have you seen, so what, set was seven, eight years in college basketball so far? No, this longer than that. In the year nine. Yeah. Do you see any major differences? And it could be anything from players to you from year one and two to year eight and nine. Just the nuances of the game. I think it's the cool thing is that we're, we're playing a lot faster, which is something that I've always loved. Yeah. It's something that I've kind of, I, you know me, I, I'll, I have to say study. Uh, right. <laughs> I watch a little bit too much basketball, yeah. people say sometimes. <laughs> but I think that's the coolest piece of it is that the game's so universal now. Right. It is not black and white with, uh, well, men's teams can do this and women's teams can do this. Like, it's, it's basketball now. Right. And, I think that's been the coolest thing, the greatest part of the timing of me being able to be in this profession is that we're in that age of like, this is a global sport. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's just basketball, you know? Um, I think then another thing is I think a lot of coaches are just more fluid and open to trying different things now. Right. It's not the, sit down and the, the blocker mover or the spread offense or the swing offense or the Princeton. It's the, you're seeing a lot of coaches taking different things from different places, the European game, uh, even some elements of the Asian game, if you will. Um, and just being just a hodgepodge of basketball, right. which has been awesome as a student of the game. Cause you just get to sit back and really just absorb it. It's, it's like now that you're doing, scouts against specific coaches and as you know you were in our league we have some really good basketball coaches yeah. in our league um and even when i was in the a10 we have some really really good tacticians in that league it's been cool to kind of sit back and pull different things that you know you would want to use one day if you're given that opportunity right um so it's really just like a really cool time of i guess the evolution of it and i mean we, we can talk about the I guess the information age and all of that. Like, I mean, you saw what just happened with the WNBA. Like, that product is now a global brand, right. and they're being basically compensated because they're a global brand. Yeah. Um, but it's it's basketball. It's not women's basketball, men's basketball. It's just the game of basketball, which is what we all wanted to get to, anyways. Right. So it's, it's just been really cool to be a part of that. Yeah, I had a I went through my storage maybe like a year ago, and I had like three boxes of literally wasted paper that I had printed out plays like when the internet started. Right? Like, literally, literally when Al Gore invented the internet. Yeah, it was like, like I was looking through it and I had like box sets from like Duke <laughs> men's basketball from 19, you know, 99 or 1998 or something right. like that. And I'm like, first of all, you know, back then the internet took forever to download. So oh, yeah. To print out three pages was like three hours. So <laughs> I'm looking at all this. And, you know, there's a part of you, right, where it's like you have that romantic part. Like, oh, I should really keep this because it's like <laughs> that. And then later on that night, I probably watched the show Hoarders. And I said, oh, I am yeah. not a hoarder. 
I'm throwing this away. Like this is going away because everything online is free. Like you could find anything that you want, man. Literally anything. I had I had a, a, one coach called me and said, "Hey, coach, you have like a great out of bounds play that you use with New Zealand." And I was like, "Yeah, if you go to this page on YouTube, he does some great <laughs> stuff. He was awesome. I just used that out of bounds play, and it worked. That's how great it was. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> when you it's readily available on the yeah, internet. <laughs> the you know I need, you talked about how your dad was was a coach." And the influence yeah. of, of your mom, um, when you look at like leading people, uh, what are two or three things you really believe? Like these are my non-negotiables um, or maybe they are negotiables based on your leadership style. Like how would you describe that? I think my number one thing, that's a great question, man. Uh, I think my number one thing would be I'm the same way every day. Like, I don't want to ever put young people in a scenario of how's he going to be today? Right. What's going to happen? It's just uh, what what outside influences are coming into the, like, I just, I firmly don't believe in that. I've been that way since birth, thankfully. But it's just, it's, I guess the one thing is, it's something I've noticed about situations I've been in that, like, I would never want to be that for somebody. Right. Um, so, I, you know, just be the same way every day. So, I guess consistency. Yeah. Um, and then, I guess, 1B of that is the consistency of my message. Like, wh- whatever it is that I'm trying to deliver, I'm going to give you this from day one, mm-hmm. and I'm going to keep it there. Like, again, there's there's no guessing. Right. So, it's the... I, th- I always say this, and my, my friends... Like moodiness, and yeah, I, I don't deal with moodiness. I'm not, I'm not good with it. I'm just not. Like, in the, especially in the situation where we're dealing with right now, like, right. it, it kind of is what it is. The smartest people in the world are working on trying to fix what it is. Like, if there's different things that we can do to help, I'm going to do that. Yeah. And I'm going to do it with a smile. It's just, the it whole out of our time. I think that's awesome. Absolutely. That's the way to do it. It's just like, I can't change it. <laughs> yeah, can't change it. It's not right. So we just go with it and go from there. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's a great point because, you know, there's so many uh, things like there's this uh, it's a syndrome. It's like the scared child syndrome. Like, you know, and I know yeah. the same thing with you. Like when we were growing up, you knew when dad or mom was not in a good mood. Like you could be having fun. <laughs> playing with your transformers if you have transformers and then dad comes in you're just happy and dad comes in or mom and they're just like stoic and upset and you're like uh-oh they're not in a good mood so then no doubt about it. right so then you learn that reaction at a young age so then when yeah. it happens as an adult when you're a player and your coach or leader is the same way then you revert to that part of your Absolutely. life you know Absolutely. Like, uh-oh coach is mad I better just not play hard or throw a turnover with it. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. And um, it leads into so many other problems. Like yes. it's just the, the the guessing game and it's just it's completely avoidable. It's completely right. avoidable. Right. Now what do you think of this theory? I, I heard this the other day. And it's not a theory, actually it's practices and businesses, and I spoke to an organization about it a few days ago that they always talk about or before, like listen. 
before you come to practice, before you come to work, leave your baggage at the door. Like you leave it there and then, and then you come in. But, but now the new way is like, wait a second, don't leave your stuff there. Bring it with you because it's a part of you. Right. So then you talk about it and then maybe that person says, okay, I'm whining about it, but Simon understands it. And now I could perform better. Do you see that happening in college athletics more? I do. I do. And I think there's been a big need for that. It's the, I mean, the social psychiatry, this, the mental coaching, things of that nature, because again, the people do have their stuff. Mm-hmm. And I allude back to the conversation. Like that, that's my, I'm huge on that. I mean, I was a social major just to throw that out there, but <laughs> the major thing on that is I'm big on people building. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm huge on it because you, don't know what's going on through the course of the day and what people are dealing with away from you unless they bring you into that circle and they have that trust to tell you. Um, So once, I I think the establishment of that genuine relationship allows you to be able to deal and navigate with that a lot better Mm -hmm. because it's coming from a place of understanding. It's not me listening to you, trying to figure out what's going on. It's you're going to genuinely tell me what's going on because you know I care and I also want to help you through it. Right. It's it's not just a, oh gosh, what's going on with them today? You right, know? yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like sometimes, and we all know, and, and like I, mm-hmm. I said before, like I, I try to be the same way every day, but every day is not perfect and, mm-hmm. you know, none of us are. Right. So it's the, sometimes you just need to talk to somebody, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and I, I think that's been a great push. It's something especially the University of Dayton that we were really big on. We actually had our sports psychologist attend almost every meeting, right. every practice she trapped with us. And I thought it's just such a such an advantage of having somebody who is trained to do so, who on top of that's a really good human per- like human being, mm-hmm. who is very personable and like mm-hmm. it's an unbiased opinion and unbiased ear. Right. And we're actually starting to do that now. We hired a really good young lady. Um it was just being more present and it's just the I think there's a very bad stigma on that word psychiatrist everybody's right. you know uh, different communities take that word a little differently I'll, I'll say that right. um, so it's the oh I'm not crazy I said, no no you're not you're not but it's nothing to do with being crazy it's, just, it's nothing the complete opposite action right um, it's just sometimes there's a you know a good opportunity for you to sit down and have a good conversation about what's going on. Yeah. And you know, if we can't offer that, I'd like to be that for you. And the people that I like to have around me, my friends are all that way. It's just, you you know, you kind of, you're very represented by the people around you as well. All my friends are pretty good nurturing human beings who <laughs> just at the end of the day, want everybody to do well. Right now. And, and, and I know, you know, by experience that like what you're saying, really, you believe at your core. And one of the things that I've really been impressed, you know, since you've been at at NC State, you know, the transfer rate for you guys have been really, really low, if not nothing, if if, if I remember. The lowest possible. (laughs) Yeah, the lowest possible one. I've not had anybody in the portal since it began. What are some things that maybe you think are being done differently or maybe some tweaks that you have seen um, that that is helping in that way? I think just more so... Like we're very, 
we're very open. Like our office, like our kids come to our office. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's just. Which doesn't happen a lot. I, it doesn't happen often. No. I think <laughs> a lot of people who, who, who are outside of college athletes don't understand that when your players that's come to dope. office, that's a big deal. No doubt about it. Like these young people are coming to your office on their free time right. to come hang out. That is huge. Yeah. It's huge. And you don't have them um, signing a piece of paper that they were there, right? I know coaches put something on the door. Right. Yeah. No question. Sign yeah. when you it's visited us. Up. We don't hold it against you. Yeah. You know, there's, right. there's no extra conditioning or anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's it's just, I mean, like as you said, I believe it's in my core, and it's, it's something that I was able to kind of take from Dayton. Like, that's just our environment. Like, it's... It's our environment, and I was very fortunate on my interview with Coach Moore. I brought that up. I said, Coach, like I'm, I'm gonna have kids in my office. He was like, That's exactly what I want right. to have. It's what we have here, you know, because you never know how it's gonna go. Like right. there's, it, and again, people outside of the profession, it doesn't happen that much. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, be able to come down here and be a part of a very similar environment, like it's great. Like I, I know exactly what's going on in our kids' lives because they're sitting in my office telling, mm-hmm. and. From our administrative assistant, who is arguably one of the best human beings ever, to our executive assistant, who played here. Um, it's Lindsay Edmonds, Aaron Bath, Coach Moore, like people come into our offices. Houston Fancher is our director of operations now, and he was, I actually played against him, uh, former men's coach for a lot of time. And it's amazing to just see, we'll walk through the course of our office and half of our roster's in there. And it's just, they're literally sitting there and we're just having a conversation. Um, Half the time, sometimes they're helping us with the stuff we need to get done. Like it's, it's amazing, man. And, but I think what we do, and I won't say it's unique. I know I have a lot of friends in the profession who are starting to move that way or they have that environment, but it's just really, everything's open and interactive. It's the, it doesn't feel like everybody's sitting on a mountaintop and then we're looking down and right. trying to affect their life that way. It's they're a part of the conversation. They're a part yeah. of the process. Right. And I mean, just culturally, I feel that's just the way to get things done, you know, yeah. more inclusive, the better, in my opinion. And then at the end of the day, the people who are in charge for the betterment of everybody else. Well, I think also to your point, it's really the way a lot of these student athletes and employees get in the workforce are how they're raised. Right. Like they are they, they sit in family. They, they play board games like board games are making a comeback because families yeah, they are. are getting together. And I saw a meme or something saying that, you know, during this time, because, of you know, for those of you who are listening to this in 2047 right now, it's the mm-hmm. coronavirus is flowing through the country right now. But, you know, they're saying like, <laughs> hey. This is a great time to have dinner with your family, right? Now, that's the quote-unquote traditional way of doing it, which is awesome. But the new traditional is, hey, we're going to grab dinner. We're going to spend our time where we can. And now we we have time to actually play board games. Monopoly is coming back. Scrabble is coming back. I don't even know how to play those games anymore. But that's what they want in relationships with you and, and their coaches. They're dying for relationships, you know, and, yeah, and you are. guys have built it tremendously with it. I've known your staff for, for a while and, and everything else, but um, the, when, when you're looking at you're building your, your relationships, what are some 
things that you're working on with yourself to always be open to those, right? Because as we mature through the coaching profession or leadership styles, we start in many ways kind of pushing people away because there's that part of us like, oh, no, no, I have to be this. Are are there things that you're doing to be aware of that? Um, I think the major thing that I try to do is to make sure that my main objectives of the day so the the basketball coaching responsibilities are taken care of before I get to the office. Mm-hmm. So it's the you know it's the late nights, early mornings sometimes, but it's the I want to be readily available for that scenario mm-hmm. because I feel you know it's it's that free flow of them feeling confident enough to come in there and comfortable enough to come in there and sit down and you don't want to ever be like well hey you know I got a phone call in five minutes or I got to clip some film. Uh, let me talk to you in 10. Right. I think that can completely discourage that. So it's the, the major thing of, you know, and, and what I call my free time while I'm at home uh, is making sure that I'm doing something in order to tackle the bigger tasks that I have. So we have the availability of when those young people come into your office and you sit down because at the end of the day, we're there for them anyways. Right. You know? I mean, it's, I and you know, everybody in our profession, I wouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people, you've, Sometimes you forget that. You get lost in that. It's the, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. But at the end of the day, we're there because of those 13 to 15 young women (laughs) decided to come to our university. Right. And it's just completely unfair to just not be there for them in any way, I feel. So it's, that's what I've had to learn the most, especially as a younger assistant. Um, Just, you know, the people say the grind, the, the grind. Right. Um, it's the, the making sure you're on top of your stuff and getting it done so that you're readily available for the young people that you're there to serve. Right. I, you brought up a great point, and it just really went in passing. You talked about how you said, hey, i got to get this film done. Give me 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. That affects people so much. And, and not necessarily in a negative or positive way, they're, they are growing up in an environment where their parents, their people are there for them 24-7. They will drop everything for them. The moment mm-hmm. you tell your athlete, hey, give me like 10 minutes, they'll be like, no problem. They won't feel anything from it. But in right. their mind, they'll also say, oh, coach is a little busy. I'll come back later. And that later exactly. never comes. And you miss that opportunity exactly. to connect with them. It was the same thing. I forgot who I was talking to. We may have talked about this too. Like in recruiting – like kids are a little different and they got different in recruiting when there were no longer uh, limited minutes on your phone, right? Remember like you, if you call mom from like 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., she's upset at you because it's costing like four ninety nine a minute or something. <laughs> exactly. So you're having a problem with your coach at like noon. You call mom, mom, my coach is blah, blah, blah. And your mom's like, listen, I don't want to hear about that. You call me after 9 p.m., because exactly. this is costing me money. <laughs> it's like the old <laughs> Michael McDonald MCI commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and then, they can sing. Yeah. And they can sing. I was like, I will never forget those commercials yeah. of the time constraints because of that angelic voice of this. Yeah, it is. It's it's crazy. So it's like they, they change it. So I love that. I love that you are, you know, and then some coaches will say, and I'm going to say, play the devil's advocate. They're like, well, you know, our players have to learn boundaries. They have to learn so-and-so. Like, what do you say to that? 
not not a big fan of it. I mean, it's because again, like you 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 have that, and you you eloquently put it. You don't know how that's going to affect that person. Mm-hmm. Like they're coming from mom and dad or advisors and or supervisors or whoever it is and so they've raised them and helped them get to the point they're at are always readily available i mean normally normally so you don't know how that's gonna affect somebody and they'll be like well i'm here for you but i don't have time for you right now mm-hmm. and you never know especially say if you're the first person to ever do that to them you don't know what that can do and i, I mean you could say you could be over cautious and things of that nature but again, like we're here for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I feel, and I've had those scenarios, you know, when you, you walk into the coach's office, you're like, Hey coach, can you talk? Like, oh, I got like a, and sometimes you have your stuff. You, right. you have things that have to get done at that time. But if it's something that can be handled at a later time, I mean, let's knock this out. Cause you're not going to have the same thought process, especially I don't feel when you're walking in somewhere and you have something on your mind That's and right. if it's that important and you need to talk about it and hash it out right there, if you have to wait 10 or 12 minutes, different things can enter into your mind and it's not going to be That's maybe right. as important <laughs> or as direct. You know what I mean? And I don't want to miss that opportunity. So um, I'm not a big, you know, we got to teach them boundaries and right. that. Like if I sit in my office, the boundaries put down. <laughs> like right. I'm, I'm here. Like well, it's the... No question. Now there is those scenarios where you're like, "Hey, text me ten minutes before you get here." Right, right, <laughs> so right. It's, yeah, uh, I, you know, I, I'm prepared completely for you. Um, but yeah, it's just I, I, it's a service industry. Yeah, it really is. That is the key words right there, service industry. And you say it because I That's think right. today they're still like, well, you know, they're they're student athletes and and we're caring for them, but you have to say service mm-hmm. industry. It's, it's some of the greatest businesses, most uh, <clears throat> popular, most successful are the ones who service their customers the best, Absolutely. right? Amazon Absolutely. gets boxes out in like 30 minutes. Now, they've made documentaries because of the craziness, what happens to the Amazon factory, but people yes. love them. People pay the $75 or whatever Prime is mm-hmm. now to get their boxes tomorrow. Right? Exactly, and and that's what they want. Let's talk about your freshmen real quickly, not specifically the people, but what do you do to make your freshmen feel a part of everything when they get there? Because right, freshmen is like they're excited, then they get there, yeah. then they realize they're not as good as they thought they were, simply because there's more competition. So now it goes lower and lower and lower. What do you what do you do with your freshmen to always keep them? hype to keep them believing to keep them with you guys we literally include them in everything so if there's a like a text chain of things that we're thinking about doing they're involved in it um our kids actually do a really good job of kind of taking that for us too because it's it's really the environment that coaches created here Mm -hmm. and so like it they're, if something's going on, they're reaching out like, hey, what do you all have? Do you have a class? Do you have a tutoring session? Do you have this, this, and then the third? And then they bring them in because it's, I believe that whole deal starts from the top. And that's just always how Westmore has been. He's been very inclusive. Um, and I think my, when I first got here, Lindsay did a great job of kind of showing me that because it's what I was used to. 
Um, but it was more so, this is kind of how we want things done. And it was kind of awesome because it's like the way that I would go about things. Right. And so it's, we have a plan for like, they step on campus, you know, they're going to do their regular check and they're going to do this, this, and that. But then in the following weeks, like from us to our strength coach, to our trainer, to our nutritionist, we're going to have them all involved in something with someone either on staff or someone older than them constantly. So it's just, it just becomes their new normal. Mm-hmm. It's the, you literally are going to get here. We're going to include you in everything. And then we're going to also offer our ear. Like right. if we're doing something, how would you do this? How would you want to do this? How would you feel about the way we're doing this? So it's just all basically just a fluid inclusivity really for our freshmen. Yeah. Um, which that feel kind of goes up the ladder and it just becomes your, your environment. Right. But when you're doing that, do you also, and I, I pretty know what the answer is, but are you also noticing them? Meaning, you know, a lot of times people include them into everything, but <clears throat> sometimes including them just isn't enough. It's just like when people are in a relationship, it's like, well, I'm here every day. No, that doesn't matter. You have to be, no, that matters. But you have to be actively here and noticing Sorry. and present and everything with it. Are those things that you are constantly always looking at? Yes, yes. Because you want to see how they're adapting to things. Mm -hmm. And then it's also the, if I'm going to put you in this position to have all these activities or be at these places, and I want to know how you're feeling about it while it's happening. So it's the constant awareness, especially with the younger people that you're just bringing into your environment. It's the, I think you kind of go over and above to see how they are adapting or how they're feeling about different things. Because then I feel on the back end of it, I mean, it helps you build your relationship with them, but it also helps them see that you actually, like before I said, I, I'm, I'm huge on you knowing that I genuinely care. About right, you. Right. And I, that's, that's really the best time to establish that mm-hmm. is to when they're going through arguably the biggest change they've ever had to deal with. Right. But it's, you putting them in a position, position, excuse me, to show them that their teammates care about them in that aspect as well, and then everybody in our support system that we've been brought here to do. Um, it's the active engagement through the bringing them up, including them in everything. I love it. That was a great question. Active that was a great question. Engagement. Well, I, I I only bring that up because you know, just like you, we've been to tons of like leadership workshops or how to be a better coach, how to be better this. And, and it usually, they, they have great content, but I always feel like the, yeah. the, the thing that gets kind of gets pushed to the side is that actively noticing what's going on with them, like stopping yourself and saying, hey, what's going on? It's like when you see a penny on the ground, you're like, you could be talking like, oh, wait a second. Oh, there's a penny on the ground. Like you're noticing the value of that penny, what that means to you. And I... I just, you know, as, as I go and I go through with my son going to college, my daughter in high school and seeing all this, I'm like, wow, I, I kind of really sucked. You know, like I, I wasn't great at noticing. And it's now when you see things, you're like, yeah, I, I, I know there are different mistakes that could have been better with it and all of it, man. So that's, that's awesome. With it. Um, but I think that's big to be able to realize that there's, there's a lot of, a lot of self-realization that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 
completely can cluster into just a whole nother set of issues. Right. So for you to be able to sit back and self-diagnose that, I think that's beautiful because a lot of a lot of people aren't self-aware enough to pick up on that. It's the I'm I'm not the problem. What's wrong with that? Yeah. You're the problem. <laughs> Why think us to the way that I am? <laughs> yeah, I can't follow these people. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So that, that was awesome to hear, man. No, that's, that's awesome to hear. Well, I got my last question. Last, it's it's people love this question. Actually, they probably fast forward through the podcast just to get <laughs> through this question. But when they make the full feature, full length movie on Netflix now because nothing's on movie theaters anymore. But when they do it, who is playing Simon Harris? Ooh, ooh, I've never thought about that. Um, you will now. I I'll would, yeah, seriously, seriously, I, I gotta be ready for the future. Yeah. <laughs> think, uh, I think you just kind of want Chadwick Boseman to be you in oh, anything. Like, nice. it's like that. What? What an array of ability that man. Has. Yes, like he, and he's been Black Page with T'Challa. I mean, he's been third good marshal. I watched uh, 21 Bridges the other day where he's a detective in the city of New York. They shut down the 21 Bridges right. of Manhattan. Like, God, the guy can do everything. Um, and on top of that, watching Kevin Hart's little docuseries that he did kind of behind his life when he had his meeting with Chadwick Boseman in order to do a reprise of a film the way that Chadwick kind of sat down and was like, well, I can see myself doing this. I really want to digest it, research it, and get back to you. I want a guy like that playing you, me. You want a guy who wants to digest how it is, go from Elon to NC State to Ireland to football to everything. No I love no it. No question. Able to walk just, you know, I got a little hitch with my right hip. Just being able to eat <laughs> now, Simon, where can people reach out to you? How can they get a hold of you? Because I am sure a lot of people want to learn more about what you do, how, how you're doing, and, how, and where and why the success is coming. Well, awesome. Uh, I'm on Instagram and also Twitter as Showtunes. It's S-H-O-W, the number two, U-N-E-S. Um, so Showtunes. Um and really, that's it. Like, that's yeah. my social media presence. Right. Um, Email-wise, if you want to reach out, it's very simple. Just <laughs> Simon underscore Harris at ncsu.edu, <laughs> Carolina State University.edu. I try to keep it as easy as possible in that regard because um, we've all been there as to where we're searching for an email. And You're like, where just, is it? Oh, like, why, why is there a Z? <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, those, those are my main platforms and I, I have obviously for the recruiting purposes, we're on them all the time. So if you have any questions you didn't give me, hit me up. Simon, you have one of those names that are very like, very undercover agent, kind of like James Bond, Simon Harris. Exactly. You're like 005, you know, <laughs> when people like, so like I'm Hernando Planels, so I usually get like Fernando or Orlando or Planeus, so like no one can ever find me. It's like it's the craziest. It's, so I could appreciate 005, Simon Harris. 005, 005, James Predison. <laughs> well, man, I appreciate you coming on. I'm telling you, uh, I, you know, we've been friends for a long time, but I admire your work, I admire what you do. I love the relationships you build 
with your players, other coaches, and people, man. So I appreciate you coming on today. I appreciate you having me, man. It's been awesome. I've been I've been waiting on this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It's taking too long. I'm sorry. It's no, too long. no, no worries. No worries. Glad to finally do it, man. All right, brother. Have a good one, man. Awesome. You too. I'm going to tell you right now, you have got to spend the time to reach out to Simon Harris because he is an all-around amazing guy. You know, at the BCLE, I say this a lot, and you guys hear it all the time. You know, without you, this does not exist. So I can't thank you enough for being a supporter, uh, for being one of our partners, for, for really reaching out and being a part of our movement. So if you don't mind, please head over to iTunes, rate us, give us a one or five stars. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email. Shoot me anything on the gram, on TikTok, on Twitter, on Facebook. I'm everywhere. And I just want to help you get to another level in your life. You got to remember this, everybody. You were chosen to be amazing, chosen to be great. So what are you doing? Stop wasting your time. Get off your ass and be contagious. Thanks so much for joining us. And we'll see you next time on the BCLE.